one, one more thing I want to say, and I'll sit down. Um, I really, really believe that uh, God has brought Luke and Olivia to us. And um, I don't... Um, I don't know where we would be if God hadn't brought them here. Uh, I've told people for many years, when I grow up, I want to be like Luke. And uh, Luke has been very instrumental in helping provide direction for our church. We got to a place we knew who we didn't want to be. We weren't quite sure what we didn't want to be. And uh, Luke has, has helped us so much in, uh, in leadership and in, in showing us a way that I believe is very balanced and healthy. And after, if you know the story of my life, and some of you do, after all the years that I have been involved in ministry, I believe this is the healthiest church that I've ever been a part of. Mm. And uh, I thank God for that, and yes. I'm enjoying greatly the peace and the unity and the love that exists in this church. And it is an honor for me to be able to work with Luke and Bruce and Charles, and uh, these are great, great men. Thank you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. So uh, I want to uh, say one more thing about what happened this last year. And uh, I didn't know uh, Brother Terry was going to say anything about me, but I did want to say that something very significant happened last year for him, uh, and that is he published this book. Um, and that's a very big deal. Uh, and this book is a gift. And if you haven't gotten it and read it, I would encourage you to. And it's just full of beautiful, beautiful things. And uh, I thank God that he's written it, and I just encourage you to get hold of it and, and read it. And I just wanted to... Uh, call attention to that when we're talking about big things that happened this last year. Uh, that's a big thing. And thank you for writing it, Brother Terry. So, um, in our passage that we read earlier, Brother Gary read it for us, and I appreciate uh, your thoughtful reading and your thoughtful prayer, Brother Gary. Paul lists off, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I have forgotten. Man, it's a lot happening today. I'm supposed to, does this thing work? There we go. Um, I'm supposed to share with you a little bit about this coming year. This won't take long. Um, I want to I share with you this scripture because I kind of adopted this scripture as my, um, my personal motto, I guess. I've taken it from Paul. Not that I view myself anywhere like Paul in terms of his greatness, but I view this as a, what I would like to be true for how I do ministry. Paul's talking to the Philippians, and he says he's, he's wondering if he's going to die or not. But he says, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. 
And I read that sometime back, and I thought, you know, I'd really like for that to be what I do as a minister, uh, is to continue with people for their progress and for their joy. Um, And I want you to know that uh, when we're talking about what we're doing as a church, uh, that's what I want to put out to you, things that are for your progress and for your joy. And, of course, you're a part of my progress and my joy (laughs) growing in those those ways. But... um, so many times it can seem like in ministry and church practices we're trying to work up something, trying to get a crowd to attend things and get our business to run right, and I just don't believe in ministry like that. Um, I want people to make progress, and I want people to find joy. And uh, so everything we talk about is an invitation to you. But sometimes I think the most spiritual thing you can do is say no. And uh, you may need to do that to some of the things that we put out there uh, this year. And uh, it's uh, all here. I, at least, my desire is to be here for your progress and for your joy. I'm very thoughtful about the things that, that I'm putting forward to you today. I, I read a lot. I don't, I don't come up with a lot of myself because I don't trust myself, but I read a lot and listen to the church historically, and, and I try to think uh, of things that are helpful to people. And so I hope that there will be things you find that are helpful that we can do corporately and that you can do individually. But I want you to understand my, my goal is uh, for you. And uh, I believe that real progress happens in Christ. And I believe that that leads to real joy. And I want that for you. So, so when we talk about things that are coming this year, you just keep that in mind. Here's things that we're happening, uh, we have coming up soon this year. Next week, we're beginning a, a class. Brother Terry's going to lead us in forming a rule of life. That is, if you want to make a plan for your life before Christ, to be more intentional about how you're living before the Lord, he's going to walk us through how to do that. I'm not sure how many weeks are going to be given to that. Well, I guess we'll kind of uh, see how it, how it goes and how many are needed. But uh, if you would like to think about how to be intentional in forming your practices so that you seek the Lord, uh, you can join that class Sunday morning next week. Uh, in, in our small groups, we're going to introduce our new member material this year to our small groups broadly and do that for six or eight weeks uh, where uh, those of you who have been through the new member process here, you understand, but this is really important stuff. It's about being grounded in the gospel more than anything. We'll explain more about that when we do it. Our first seminar is scheduled for March the 24th through the 26th. We're having a couple of professors from my school in Kentucky come down here. They are wonderful Many Christians' lives are hung up uh, because they have unforgiveness inside them. This is not incidental. This is about learning to follow Jesus. And uh, uh, we want to devote a weekend to working on forgiveness and to, to learning to do what Jesus told us to do. It's super, super important if you pay attention to what Jesus taught us. Um, and that's going to be uh, a special time. And then we'll, we'll let you know more about the summer and fall seminars as, as they develop up. Uh, I already mentioned Family Discipleship Night. We're trying to be more intentional about keeping the, the church calendar. One thing we did last year was really a blessing to a lot of us as we, we gathered for Holy Week in anticipation of Easter, and we hope to do that again this year. There's a Memorial Day event that uh, we, we went to, a number of us went to in Louisiana last year, and it was a real blessing to us. In the Bible, they had feast days. Three times a year, God called everybody together for feast, and it was a spiritual thing. It built up their hearts and strengthened their faith, and so you're invited to participate in that as well. One last thing I want to make you aware of, uh, and this is something I'm, I'm really excited about. Uh, we're, even though it may not be a lot of people who want to do this, and that's just fine, but we're beginning some classes in March 
that are going to be specifically just learning to do what Jesus said. And you guys know how much I've learned from Dallas Willard. This is just what he says to do. And we're finally at a place at a church where we've, uh, we can do this. And so uh, we're starting with one. If we need more classes, uh, then we can develop those. But uh, beginning in March, these groups have to be small. So we have right now, Olivia and I are hoping to lead a class with six to eight people who want to learn to live without anger. And then in the fall, we're going to work on uh, telling the truth and being people who can just always tell the truth. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Um, and if you would like to get in on something like this, we're going to go really deep with this. And right now, tentatively, they're scheduled for Sunday morning. If we had a lot of people who are interested in it, great. We can work on schedules and other times or whatever. But, but we're just starting letting you know we, we have one, one class available for people who are really interested in doing what Jesus said. We believe that we can live free of anger. And by that, we mean uh, all kinds of anger, however it shows up. Well, that's irritation, frustration, outbreaks of rage, whatever. Um, uh, we can, it's not that you never feel it, okay? Or, you know, that, not that you become inhuman or something. But that anger is no longer a controlling factor in our lives. And if you'd like to seek that, uh, then let us know. And we'll, we'll talk about the, uh, uh, getting class set up. We'll have a sign-up sheet next week. Not today, but hopefully next week we'll have a sign-up sheet, okay? And we'll continue to announce uh, these things going forward. All right. Now, here is my invitation to you, okay? We read Paul's scripture in Philippians 3. Uh, see, he lists off his credentials. And uh, these are things you may not boast about. It's coming from a specific context. He boasts of being circumcised and all these things that might matter to the Jewish pedigree, in his, uh, to the Jewish people, his pedigree, how, how Jewish he is. Hebrew of the Hebrews. You know, I'm, I'm not going to ever boast that I'm a white person of the white people. I guess I am. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't take that as a factor to be proud of in terms of better than other people, you know. But it, it, when people groups are competing, you can see how these things are boasting. What you want to think about is whatever it is, whatever it is that you find value in, that you might think separates you or makes you elite or better than others in some way, that's what Paul's identifying Right? He's listing off his credentials and saying, I was something. And yet he says, let me open my Bible here. He says, what things were gained to me, those I considered loss for Christ. And he uses financial terminology, this gain and loss term, like a ledger, like a bank ledger. He's like, things that I had in the gain column went over to the loss column. And what this means is he came to reevaluate the world to see the world totally differently. My girls have these uh, little animals that they play with. These little figurines, you know what I'm talking about. And they have tons of them. They love them. If I came home one day and found that they were taking those animals and throwing them out in the yard or dumping them in the trash, I would know something crazy had happened. Because they had come to reevaluate those things, right? To do that, why would they ever throw those things in the trash? That's what, that's what we're getting at here. Somehow Paul took things that were really valuable to him and then he said, no, they're not valuable anymore. But please understand that Paul didn't do that because he was forced to it or because he was sickened by it, because he was so sad, he thought, oh, I've got to give up things for Jesus. This is my cross to bear. That's not what he's saying. I've got to take on this great burden. What he says is, 
Let me see if, oh, I don't have that, okay. What he says is, I count everything as loss because of surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. What he had found is something much more valuable. And that's why he reevaluated the other things. That's why he said, it doesn't matter how accomplished I've been. Because I've found something better. That's what you're invited into today. That's what you're invited into this year. The something better. That's what we hold out before people. That's the gospel we preach. Is that there is something better. There's a surpassing value. There's a real knowledge of Christ that you can have in this life that leads on into eternity. And when you really taste of that life. See, we, we can't forget just what an impressive person Paul was. He was a true genius. He was a scholar. He was a Roman citizen. He was somebody who had everything going for him. And then he tasted life. And he's like, that was nothing. I never knew. And you see so many Christians today are running around trying to find the things that Paul already had. And then he found out they're garbage, as Brother Gary's translation said it. They're rubbish. They're nothing. When you compare them to the real thing. When you know Christ. This is joy. This is the treasure hidden in the field that Jesus talked about. Remember what he says? The man finds the treasure. Then he goes and sells all he has for the joy. Not because he's, oh, I've got to sacrifice. I've got to give up everything. I go get that treasure. No, the treasure's worth it. And there's joy in doing it. And let me tell you, when you move towards the gospel, you're moving towards joy. And you're moving towards what's real life. And that's what you're invited into. I want to invite you into today is the joy of knowing Jesus. I've read this to you before. I want to read it to you again. We're going to wrap up here. This is Malcolm Muggeridge, famous British journalist, incredible writer, not a good man for many years, broke the story on Mother Teresa, and... Uh, eventually came to Christ. And please hear him out in what he says here. I may suppose I regard myself as a relatively successful man. People occasionally stare at me in the streets. That's fame. I can fairly easily earn enough money to qualify for admission to the higher slopes of the Internal Revenue Service. That's success. Furnished with money and a little fame, even the elderly, if they care to, may partake of friendly diversions. That's pleasure. It might happen once in a while that something I said or wrote was sufficiently heated for me to persuade myself that it represented a serious impact on our time. That's fulfillment. Yet I say to you, and I beg you to believe me, multiply these tiny triumphs by millions and add them all up together, and they are nothing Less than nothing, indeed a positive impediment measured against one drop of that living water Christ offers to the spiritually thirsty, irrespective of who or what they are. This is what Malcolm Muggeridge found. This is the invitation of the gospel. Stop wasting your time on empty wells. Stop feeding on things that will never fill you. And start tasting of what's really life. Olivia and I have a policy. When, something make, when somebody cooks something really good and there's a limited portion, maybe we have people over, we forbid the kids to eat it. 
And the reason is, Olivia always says, their palates are not discerning enough, right? You can give them a Laffy Taffy and they're just as happy. If you've ever had Becky's apple pie, right, and you think you'd trade that for a Laffy Taffy, you're crazy, right? But kids will do that kind of thing. So we forbid them from taking of the good stuff. We're, we're, we're harsh. Right? But do you know, yeah, it's worth it. Do you know when it comes to life, flooding our televisions, flooding our advertisements with the people living around us, the people are selling out for the Laffy Taffies. And they don't know what it's like to sit with the apple pie. <laughs> And I don't know what to say other than to tell you that the gospel is true. And like Scott said just a moment ago, God is real. And you can know him. And 2023 can be a year where you know him better. And it will make all the difference. These beautiful words, I have to leave you with what Paul said. Keep closing my Bible. I've got to open it again. Here's what he said. Not that I've already obtained all this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Has Christ Jesus made you his own? Do you know that the reason you're here today is because Jesus Christ, the other translations say, he laid hold of me. I like that. I press on to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Andrew Murray illustrates this by saying, uh, uh, viewing a child going on a hike with his dad, and the dad climbs a precipice, and the child can't get up there. It's too dangerous. He'd hurt himself. But the dad is up there, and he reaches down, and he says, look, jump right up here. And he grabs his hand and grabs his arm, and the child jumps, and the father pulls him up here. That's what we're doing. We say Christ has laid hold of us. So we'll go forward. Do you remember a time when Christ laid hold of you? Do you remember a time, maybe it was your baptism, maybe it was some other time when you were sure that God was there calling you? Have you let that drift from your heart and your mind? The reason you are in Christ today is because Christ has laid hold of you. He grabbed you. But listen, he doesn't want to drag you. That's not what he does. He doesn't grab you by the hair and pull you along, right? And Paul said, I press on. The old man Paul is still pressing on. He says, forgetting what's behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Today, I want to invite you to forget what is behind Is it your achievements? Forget it. Forget them. They don't matter in the long run. Are they what's occupying your mind? Forget your achievements. Is it your sins? Guess what? You can't run towards Jesus if you're always looking back at your sins. Forget those things that lie behind and press on toward the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You're invited to it today and may you know that it's all true.